Oh, hey, what's up? You're tuned into From the Ground Up, the podcast where culinary entrepreneurs share their stories. I'm your host, Danielle Berg. Today, I'm talking to Emily Griffith. She's the founder and owner of Little Bucks the first dedicated sprouted buckwheat brand in the USA. So welcome, Emily. Thanks for coming on From the Ground Up. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I absolutely love what you're doing, and um, I'm excited to talk. Thank you. So is it Little Bucks or Little Bucks? How do you say it? Um, Whatever you prefer to enunciate it. Uh, It's kind of like Lil Wayne, Lil Bucks. It's L-I-L. Some people do say Little Bucks, which is totally fine. (laughs) <laughs> I just got my order, my shipment that you guys sent me. So thank yes, you. Yes, I can't wait to hear what you think. Um, I have tried two things already, and I love them. Oh I my god, matcha ones, and I have the new granola. Yum, the cluster bucks. Yep, those I'm really excited about. Everyone's. We were we went back and forth on actually calling them cluster bucks because it's a little you know risque. But we went for it. Definitely goes with the brand. And ever since we launched it, it's just been a huge obsession across the board. So um, I hope you enjoy them because we've put a lot of love into them. I do. I love the name Cluster Bucks. I'm happy you guys yeah. went forward with that. We went, went for it for sure. <laughs> so where are you located now? Where are you based out of? Um, well, we're based out of Chicago. Um, but I've actually been quarantining in... Southwest Michigan, just two hours away. So I've spent a lot of time here and going back and forth um, a little bit back to Chicago when I need to. But yeah, Midwest base for sure. Is that where you grew up and went to school? Yeah, I went to, grew up in a Chicago suburb and then moved to South Bend, Indiana, uh, where Mayor Pete's from. And then, yeah, we got like random, you know, highlights there. And then, I went to school at Indiana, moved to Chicago after graduation. So very, you know, Midwest centralized for sure. And then like a little stint in Sydney. So yeah, when did that happen? I, well, I actually studied abroad there in school. I was obsessed with it. I just, I mean, of course, like Chicago, cities like Chicago and New York are awesome. They're very urban, like skyscrapers. And it's all about the, like, restaurants and nightlife and it's very dense and Sydney is just a very different city in general it's more about the lifestyle it's gorgeous and you know I could go surfing like it has one of the most beautiful city beaches in the world Bondi Beach it's so clean and gorgeous so it was definitely a dream to go study abroad and I did an advertising internship while I was there so I had connections there and after working in Chicago for a few years I was like just feeling that call to go back to the coast um, on the other side of the world and moved there uh, in 2016. So I was over there in 2016, 2017. And that's where I got the idea for my business and ended up moving back to the States. Also met my now fiance (laughs) like five months before moving to Australia for a marketing job. So that was definitely a pickle. Fortunately, we like ended up talking every day and um, stay together and now we're engaged. So I'm glad that, you know, 
a move back for the right person, I guess. Congrats. <laughs> Thank you. That's exciting. I guess yeah. timing, wasn't, timing wasn't perfect, but it seemed to have worked out in your favor. Oh, definitely. So tell me about Little Box and tell me about how you came up with this idea while you were in Australia. Uh, yeah, so Little Box, we're the America's Buckwheat brand. So we make different crunchy snacks, granola snack and toppings, the super seed toppings out of sprouted buckwheat seeds, which are actually um, these little crunchy seeds, kind of why I called it Little Bucks because they're little and cute. Um, and they're like high in protein, fiber, magnesium. They're grain-free, gluten-free. There's tons of uses for them. They kind of taste like a grain, but they're actually more closely related to rhubarb and strawberries. They're fruit seeds, not a grain. So buckwheat in general is just very misunderstood in the States. Um, and the reason I started this when I was living in Australia, I had a life-changing acai bowl, as you do. <laughs> um, and I'm a big, I just love, uh, even though I'm from the Midwest, like pizza and hot dog capital, you know, arguably pizza capital, New York would beg to differ for sure. Yeah, so I beg to in, differ. <laughs> yeah, of course. And I actually prefer New York pizza, but now I'm saying that on air and, you know, hopefully. We won't tell. We won't tell. Yeah, anyone. we won't tell. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I've always loved healthy food, love finding like the healthy, you know, it's funny because I'm like really into health, but I don't naturally like want to eat that many salads. I just want to find the healthy versions of unhealthy things like, like making like really nutrient dense pancakes or like smoothies, for example, to me, when you make it well, it's almost like an ice cream um, and you can make it not too sweet and all that. But I was always in love with that. So over there, Australia was a great place to be for that. Lots of really healthy food and just a healthy mindset and lifestyle um, across the population in general. And so I had back to my life-changing acai bowl. The reason it was so good is because they use sprouted buckwheat seeds as the granola in the bowl. So you know how like the bowls sometimes will have like, if you see pictures, yeah. very Instagrammable, like, you know, the chia seeds the berries and a granola, maybe some honey. And I just love that it wasn't too sweet with these seeds, really nice crunch. I'm a big texture person. And I just felt really good after eating it, which turns out I think was from like the protein and fiber in the buckwheat seeds rather than, you know, a sugary granola that might be lacking in that. So I just became obsessed and I was eating it every day, part of my daily diet. I just thought we maybe because I'm from the Midwest, we were missing out on it. Like maybe it was something that was in California or whatever. And turns out there was really no brand in the U.S. focused on this food. And in Australia, there's all these products that use sprouted buckwheat. You can get it. You see it like on dishes in restaurants. So it just blew me away that America wasn't really paying attention to this healthy food. Great crop for soil health that can be grown in North America. So it was just became, once it kind of like all came together, like, oh, there's this healthy product Americans don't know about. Surely there's other people like me that want to eat it. Uh, it's great for soil health. And I can encourage, especially in the Midwest where I'm from, some more regenerative farming practices with organic farmers, introducing buckwheat into their crop rotations. Um, I'm a graphic designer so I can do the branding. I thought at first it wouldn't be that hard. I'm like, oh yeah, like I'll make a cool brand and a cool website and it'll just happen. Um, which of course there's a lot more work involved in that. But yeah, that just became 
I mean, a possession to make this business happen. That's crazy. That's cool that you saw kind of a hole in the market and you were like, why not go for it? No one's doing it. Why can't I try now? Exactly. Like that was such like very, my very basic thought process was, okay, other people have products in the grocery stores. Why can't I have one? Like, why not me? <laughs> like someone else came up with the idea for X bag of granola on the shelf at some point, like maybe they had more connections or experience or something, but I just thought, well, if they can do it, I can do it and just make it happen. Yeah. There's some weird, I guess, unwritten rule that you can't start a business if you're too young or you haven't had enough experience. And I just feel like you're a great case for that, that that's not the truth. You can really start with an idea and pursue it and end up having a great company. Exactly. Yeah. And I think parts of it, it's been beneficial to be young and have a lot of energy to deal yeah. with like a lot of the crazy stuff that happens. And your, you know, your mind is still forming. Like I did come from a background in design and marketing. So that's like the way my brain thinks and processes, you know, problem solving. But it still like was really open to learning like how to react and pivot and strategize for your business. And I'm, I'm really excited about it and always learning from other entrepreneurs. So it's been exciting, but yeah, like definitely lost some, you know, not sleeping as much as I used to. So good to be doing while you're young. hundred <laughs> percent. So you're probably learning a lot about supply chain. Oh yeah. So, <laughs> So where are your products produced? Where are your suppliers based out of? So basically it starts with our buckwheat, of course, because we're buckwheat obsessed and it's all about buckwheat, um, which we get from, which I'm really excited about because actually most of the buckwheat seeds, at least that we eat in the U.S. are from China, um, which some can be good. Like we originally worked with an organic farmer in the mountains in China. Buckwheat grows really well in cold soil, but eventually we were able to move to working with um, farms in North Dakota and Minnesota, which is awesome because that kind of like contributes to our mission of improving soil health in North America with buckwheat. Um, but yeah, I just thought it was interesting. Like it's a little counterintuitive that Americans are buying their buckwheat seeds from China and like the Japanese are buying their bu organic buckwheat seeds. <laughs> They're also buying from this farm and Minnesota and North Dakota because they think it's the best quality, which arguably North America has, does have the best buckwheat. And yeah, going down a rabbit hole of buckwheat, but really excited about the sourcing for that. And then we work with a commercial sprouter. So at first I was sprouting all in a shared kitchen and making everything in a shared kitchen, which was insane because I was still working full time to bootstrap the business and <laughs> then wow. going in on nights to like, you know, be into like midnight or one in the morning at the shared kitchen, like tossing seeds and rinsing and soaking. So sprouting is a really just laborious process and then selling it on the weekends at farmer's markets. So my life was definitely insane. But as we were starting to grow and we ended up getting a deal with Whole Foods, I'm like, okay, sprouting is definitely a uh, food safety risk because I mean everything has a food safety risk but with sprouting 
you're literally germinating live seeds and then we're never cooking it we're dehydrating it so they're raw living foods so i had of course practices using like an organic wash that it kind of works as a kill step with making sure all the food's safe but as we're getting bigger i was like i need to be working with like a facility that's like the cleanest and best possible and they can do big quantities because like literally i'm lifting hunt like 50 pound buckets of seeds to like do the sprouting and such and that was not going to work as we got bigger so then all buck week goes to the sprouters and then uh, they also end up i work with them i like i said used to make it myself in chicago and now i work with my sprouting partner they also make our little bucks which is awesome so we have that in manufacturing uh, which has helped us service orders like Whole Foods and such. And then our cluster bucks, they send us back all our a bunch of sprouted and dehydrated buckwheat seeds. And then we make those in the hatchery in Chicago. The hatchery is a nonprofit for food businesses in Chicago, kind of helping different local restaurants and food brands get off the ground. And we have a kitchen there. So we make our cluster bucks the little granola clusters there which is fun too because we can play around with more flavors like once you're at the manufacturing level things aren't as flexible because there's just like a lot more hoops to jump through um with good reason of course but because you're just doing big volumes um which we are with cluster bucks and that's just kind of crazy but yeah so we make those in the hatchery and get them out the door they're basically straight from dehydrator to store because we are maxing out our cute little dehydrators. So (laughs) that's crazy. It's a whole process. I know. And that's, it's just like, I mean, hopefully I didn't bore you too much with all the logistics, but yeah, that was definitely a learning curve for me. I, like I said, designer, marketer, you can imagine like more of a creative mind, my, even in life, like I'm accidentally late to things. I get lost. Like I'm not a logistics person (laughs) in general, So it was very much a learning curve. And I learned from a lot of other entrepreneurs and setting up our operations in a way that, you know, is streamlined and makes sense. And it's, that's been the, one of the biggest learning curves for me. I'm grateful for it. But yeah, sometimes I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't know there was going to be so much <laughs> logistics involved, which, you know, I probably could have foreseen because it's food and <laughs> <laughs> yeah but when you're yeah. actually when you're actually in it it's just so different and mm-hmm. there's so many things coming your way that you don't expect oh always and I think being an entrepreneur anyone will say that you get you know pretty resilient and like things you know new things pop up that you're like oh I have to do this now or you know something you didn't expect that might be disappointing or whatever and you just kind of like take it like a champ and, you know, just go immediately into problem solving. So versus at the start when like something bad would happen, <laughs> like, for example, the first time I, it was before one my biggest festival, it was like the second farmer's market or festival or whatever I was doing. And it was huge. I got a huge booth at this big food festival in Chicago and I was in the shared kitchen making a big batch of cacao little bucks because that was our most popular flavor for these festivals and i put in like a hundred pounds of the sprouted buckwheat and like i said a lot of work goes into the sprouted and covered in the cacao little bucks flavoring so it's like chocolate buckwheat in the dehydrator 
And I was in a shared kitchen, which means you're sharing, you know, you rent out the space for a certain amount of time and you're sharing it with other businesses. And apparently a business before me, we were using this shared giant dehydrator that I was really excited about because we can make a lot of product at once. Um, but the business before me had smoked salmon in there. And even though they oh, cleaned no. it, there was like residue in it. So the batch comes out like chocolate smoked salmon little bucks and it was horrible Ugh. and I was like it's the end of the world like I don't now I don't have a dehydrator because I can't use that ever again because that was terrible and I don't have any product for this thing and of course like it worked out I just stayed up really late and you know I ordered went out and like spent 500 bucks on a big commercial dehydrator that we still use now um like sucked it up, but had a mini temper tantrum first and then was like, okay, let's go. And it worked out, but <laughs> it was kind of my first time like in the business being like, no, like. <laughs> that is not fun. <laughs> yeah, it was really annoying, but now I don't know, like things happen and like it's, I was joking with my fiance, like, things happen and I like don't even have one emotional response I'm just like okay like what do we do now <laughs> makes things totally. interesting I suppose yeah <laughs> definitely so before you mentioned that you were actually working full-time when you launched Lil Bucks yes what were you insane. doing before you moved over full-time well it's so funny because in one way I feel like I achieved the dream of so when I moved back from Australia, I quit my marketing job there. And because while I was living in Australia, I met all these digital nomads. I don't know if you've heard about that. Um, no. Oh, it's like so people that work remotely making their home dollar and traveling the world while they work. So working from like Bali or Central America or Mexico or Europe or whatever. So you're traveling and working since you can do everything from your computer. And I was like, well, that sounds like a lot of fun and everything. I love traveling and everything I do is from my computer. So I want to do that. And I had always been freelancing because I was like, you know, didn't want to live on an air mattress and eat baked potatoes for dinner every night. Like I did when I moved to Chicago. So I started freelancing and then once I built up enough clients while I was in Australia, I quit and started traveling, baking my way back home and working remotely. But the freelance business got really intense. I was actually, it was interesting because I was working on a lot of tons of restaurants in Chicago where my clients, so I learned a lot about just the restaurant industry in general and how crazy it is. Um, and getting to work with other food and wellness brands. So it was really exciting, such a dream to be able to travel and work. And, but then it really got out of hand. Like at one point I had 23 clients while no trying to work on my own brand. And now I've had to like recover from the major stress of that. But it was like, what, I mean, I was making a lot of money, which I was using to just put into the startup cost of Little Bucks, but it was completely insane. But really grateful. But when I finally like, you know, settled down in Chicago, cause I was like, well, I need to be here to like make the product and sell the product at markets. I was like, wow, really trading in my like cute little lifestyle I had there traveling the world and working and 
doing whatever I want to being in the shared kitchen and making it happen. But I think it's been a fun journey and I, I'm really grateful for all the experiences that led up till now. So so were you doing freelance design work for clients? Yeah. So I did a lot of design. Um, it, was most, it was design and digital marketing. So really helpful business skills for small and medium businesses. So uh, like I've made a lot of websites, but then would also integrate that with the digital marketing, like do the SEO for restaurants, which is obviously important. And then um, maybe email marketing, like designing all their templates and automations and putting that all together. So I think I ended up just being in high demand because I got really connected in the Chicago food world, even before I had my own food business. It's funny now. So some people are like, oh, hey, are you still like doing projects? I'm like, no, 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 because I don't have time. I would love to because I'm really passionate about you know, food and I love people's ideas and I want to help them. But, you know, you can't, you know, there's only so much time in a day. Yeah, you can't overextend <laughs> yourself like that. I already did that and it like, it just can't happen. So. <laughs> so what was it like going from being a freelancer to starting a business in the CPG world? I mean, it's a lot of it's actually similar because uh, in terms of time management, you know, you're really self-motivated. Your schedule is up to you, but there's generally a lot more work you have to do. Like with freelancing, you're still, you know, like if you take a day off, no one's paying for it. Like you're just not billing hours. Um, and like, you know, you have to deal with finding health insurance, like invoicing, following up on payments. You, your taxes are like crazy confusing so a lot of that kind of it was a natural transition into being an entrepreneur like even with quarantine which I'm grateful to say like my work situation hasn't changed too much because I've been working from home or wherever for years and I'm really good at working from wherever and know myself and know like how I need to create the environment to be productive and all that so that was helpful it's definitely uh, one, the biggest thing is that with freelancing, um, you're selling something, you know, not, you know, like a website or something digital, or it's your, it's your mind, you're consulting and giving advice. Um, and it's kind of like you make it once you give that advice once and it's out there, but with the pro products, like physical goods, there was so much more that I just didn't really, um, I mean, it was just a big learning curve. Like, of course there's you know, every single ingredient. And I, of course, wanted to source and make the best possible products. So like every single ingredient you're like looking at from a quality perspective. I love a good sourcing story, uh, the taste, their food safety, the cost, like the unit margins, just of every ingredient. And then like, is it going to be in stock when you're doing like, when you need it, all the logistics involved in that? Because one ingredient of like, a 12 ingredient product is out that could be a big problem um and then just getting it a to b it's kind of funny this is a perfect example of how i didn't think about going from freelance to food is that when i launched my business at a fitness festival in chicago i of course had to make sure i had like the most beautiful website and like everything's cute and locked up i was working on the website at three in the morning night before like the website did not need to be perfect for this fitness festival, but of course I thought it needed to be. And because that was going to be the launch day. 
And so I've got this pretty website, brands going. I like had all my product, my first batches of product I'm selling, all good. I announced it on Instagram. And of course, my first supporters besides the fitness festival are my friends and family because they're like, oh, cool. Emily just came out with this food brand. We're going to support it. So I get like 40 orders online and I'm like, cool. And then I was like, oh, so now I need to send the product to them, (laughs) which this is like a very classic, like this is very obvious that that's how this works. But I'm like such an impulsive, like just do it, learn by doing kind of person. And I've learned to plan a lot more because that was really, I put myself in a pickle logistically because I was like, okay, now I need to figure out how to ship these. I need to drop everything I was going to do today and like ship 40 boxes out and I don't have any boxes. So I'm like digging through my apartments, recycling, like finding everyone's Amazon boxes <laughs> to ship out my products. And then I want to write notes. I was like, oh my gosh. And I had to like figure out getting labels. Like I really just didn't have that plan at all. And that just goes back to the classic, like, oh, I did all the like preparation in terms of marketing and like the product, like I made it once. And then after I sent all these out, I was out of product and I was like, oh, I need to go back to the kitchen again and make more. So I was kind of like a dog chasing my tail for a while, just because I didn't really plan that out, but I didn't really know. I just never had experienced that before. (laughs) Like I just guess that's how you learn though, right? (laughs) Exactly. Like, and that's for me. I mean, usually when I talk to other entrepreneurs, like no matter what it is, um, like, Try, you know, you obviously you're going to save yourself a lot of heartbreak or not heartbreak, but um, stress and time, just planning things out a little more, even if that means launching a week later to make sure that like you have your products in a way like you're ready to ship them out or whatever it is. Just do a little more planning because I'm like so impulsive and like, oh, yeah, like we'll just do it and like it'll work out and I'll figure it out. Um, But I did like things like that a few times and I was like, okay, Emily, you need to start preparing and just not putting yourself in these scenarios. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just a learning curve, like, like anything. So you started the company at a fitness festival? Yeah, I launched it at Brooklyn Boulders. It's a climbing, it's a climbing gym that started obviously in Brooklyn. It's really cool, but they they opened one in Chicago. And they did a big fitness festival in my neighborhood, West Loop, where it's kind of like the Brooklyn of Chicago, maybe. They did a big fitness festival inviting like Pure Bar, the local CrossFit gym, a local yoga studio, like everyone. It was like 20 minute outdoor workouts. And of course, all these people come for a fun day of doing these outdoor workouts. And Brooklyn Boulders gave me like a crazy deal. Like all the other brand sponsors were like Cliff Bar and like, you know, Brooks Running or whatever. And then, low bucks I had like a tent in the corner <laughs> and it's a great opportunity though oh it was the perfect target audience but of course Chicago being Chicago we this festival was on April 28th 2018 and you would think like oh end of April that's gonna be like decently nice but no it was 31 degrees and horizontal winds and it was so cold we had to tie my tent down to a tree my like fingers froze around sample cups I was like handing to people but nevertheless, like, and I was like, oh my gosh, like no one's going to show up. My mom was like driving in from two hours away to come help me. And I texted her in the morning. I'm like, no one's going to come. Like, don't even bother. Like it's freezing out. Like, you know, don't even come. And she's like, no, 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 I'm coming. And it ends up like great turnout. People are crazy and want to work outside, <laughs> work out outside in 31 degrees. And we sold out 
everyone was really excited about the product. I made this crunchy fudge. It's like a raw, delicious, creamy fudge with our original little bucks in it. So it's like a healthy crunch bar. And I think that was nice because we were definitely like the really like dingy, dingy tent, like in the corner, but then everyone heard about the fudge and that drew them in. So <laughs> amazing. That sounds delicious. Yeah, it's very good. That recipe is on our website. It's one of our most popular to date for sure. Cause well, how can it a, not be? <laughs> that's a great way, I guess, to start just, you know, going face to face and sampling and it's awesome that you had the opportunity to do that with the perfect audience. Oh, definitely. And I think like, you know, a lot of food CPG brands, there's a lot of money in the industry for, you know, the people that, you know, investors are attracted to uh, at least. And so some people will like be venture backed and come out with these perfect products and like straight into distribution and all this stuff. But I think it was really great, especially with buckwheat being so unique. And I wasn't really sure how, well, first of all, I didn't know anything about, you know, this whole fundraising or coming out with a perfect product from the beginning anyways, because I have no experience in this. And again, I like learning by doing, um, but it was really good given buckwheat so unique. And I wasn't sure how Americans would think about it. Like I had to do a lot of face-to-face -face interaction and just talking with people watching them try it and seeing their reactions and like seeing them make that connection of like oh this is something I would put on my yogurt or my oatmeal in the morning and I'm like okay yes like so it's helping me describe what the product really is before we get really fancy packaging so it was just like a great human study in you know is and is this even something people like before I put any savings that I had and everything, like all my time and stuff into it. Um, so it was a good path for me, I think. So was there a moment when you realized that you were gonna stop doing all your freelance work and pursue this full time? Or was there something that someone said to you that made you believe that it was worth your time and worthwhile to pursue this full time? <laughs> Um, yeah, there was definitely once we got the thumbs up from Whole Foods as an outsider from the industry initially coming up with this idea. I'm like, oh, I want to get my product in Whole Foods. Like that's where I shop for natural products and it makes sense. So once we got the thumbs up from them for the whole mid Midwest region, it's so funny because I went into that meeting with them and didn't even know what their major distributor was. And now being in the industry knowing that I went into a Whole Foods meeting without knowing that information is hilarious. But I still got the deal. I think, you know, sold it on the story of Whole Foods at one point was the pioneer in these natural foods. And they should be, why not be the pioneer and sprouted buckwheat and bringing my brand to everyone. So I really got them sold on the idea. And that's where I was like, okay. And I had designed nicer packaging, not just my like brown bags with stickers. So I was like, okay, it's time to take this big. So I started weaning off my freelance clients, even though I knew food is really hard. So it's going to take a while to start, you know, paying myself. So I slowly, and that was the beauty with freelance. I just peeled it off and have been doing it full time all year with a few trickling freelance clients at the start of the year. But it's... it's so this year is like your, the starting in January was when you focused on little bucks full time. Yeah. And honestly, 
it was such a good thing to do because I think part of, I mean, surely that slowed some growth just in the fact that I was working 55, 60 hours a week on freelance. So really all I could do with little bucks, all I had physical time to do was make the product and sell it at markets like, and, you know, schedule some posts on social media, but I couldn't really like put all this time and attention into learning, you know, doing everything I need to do to take this, fulfill my vision of having this be a natural or a national natural health brand, you know, in pantries across America. So that's been really just like such a blessing to be able to focus on that full time. And then especially with the pandemic, obviously like everyone's pivoting, everyone's running around, like what do we do now? So, I mean, that was more than a full-time job in itself. So I'm grateful that I had, a, you know, my full focus on it. And um, I, I definitely yeah. foresee this being very full-time for the years to come. Yeah. How did the pandemic affect your business? Well, in a weird way, the pandemic, in a, you know, universal sense, obviously it's been terrible. It's, you know, really tragic and hard in personal ways. But from a business perspective, of course, it was insane. We launched into Whole Foods in March, the, you know, probably historically craziest month that grocery stores will ever experience in our lifetime. And we launched our new product line, Cluster Bucks, a month later in April. And we were supposed to do this. I I was on a plane to Expo West, which is like a big industry trade show. I was on a plane to Los Angeles at the start of March and found out the trade show was canceled. And I had spent, you know, all the months up to it preparing for this trade show, Whole Foods launch, Cluster Bucks launch, training a team of 30 brand ambassadors to go all over the Midwest and sample our product because that's the way that people obviously I want people to try the crunch of the seeds and experience it for themselves. It's the best way to educate. And so everything I planned was kind of, you know, out the window, not everything, but you know, everything I thought that was going to happen was a completely different picture. But um, in a way it's my first time working with a big retailer like Whole Foods. Of course, it's not been even close to a normal situation and it's been, like some stores, it took us till July just to get our products on the shelf because they were so like backed up. And I was like, hey, we're supposed to be on the shelf. We just have wow. to fall around all the stores. And, but it showed us like we got a lot of almost like, you know, a practice run of working with the big retailers before we launch into more because our other big retailer launches were pushed back because of the pandemic. But it actually worked out because it's quite a big undertaking to start working with the big guys. And so it, allowed me to just focus on, you know, Midwest Whole Foods stores and learn how to do it, meet more people in the industry virtually. And I think it opened up the industry to, you know, I've been talking to people all over the country a lot more and met a lot of people that can help my business um, from different cities other than Chicago and some in Chicago too, of course. And then we still launched our cluster box snack line and straight into Air One in Los Angeles. And uh, Pete's Fresh and now Foxtrot in Chicago, which are all really great chains. And we're seeing it completely fly off the shelves. And that's without 
any, you know, product sampling, any marketing, no events, no festivals, which was like everything I'd been doing up until that point to market Lil Buck. So it was a really great sign that like, okay, if this is doing this well in the worst of times, like I, we can only imagine what we can do once we can do, you know, the more traditional food marketing again. So that was Absolutely. a really good sign. Um, and I'm grateful to have that data point now um, that I wouldn't have had if it weren't for the pandemic. I mean, obviously the pandemic is not fun, but fortunately we still have a lot of momentum. Like I think it's slowed down. You know, I did some forecasting and like I said, some store launches were pushed back, some manufacturing stuff. There was like ingredient supply chain issues across the board with many brands experiencing this. Um, fortunately with buckwheat being from the US, that was not a problem for us, but other like stuff like cinnamon and ginger got uh, delayed, which put us back. There was some big shipping issues. So it was all hands on deck all the while you're like dealing with all the craziness while pivoting your strategy. Cause you're like, Oh, my overarching strategy of just doing a ton of demos and being on the ground and having brand ambassadors and doing events is not going to work. So, you know, you're dealing with like the day-to-day insanity of ingredient shortages and shipping problems and like calling all these whole foods and be like, please put us on the shelves and like trying to do marketing digitally because we can't do it remotely while mm-hmm. being like, okay, we need to pivot our overarching strategy. So every day I need to take like a couple hours to be like, okay, where are we going? And how like, you know, really have the overarching CEO view like of, okay, this is what's going on in the world. You know, read a lot about, you know, predictions and industry trends and stuff and try to be like okay this is how we can survive long term so it was really you know like I said lots of work glad I was doing it full-time because if I were doing someone else's projects too I can't even imagine (laughs) but well I'm excited to see where it goes and I'm really happy for you that despite all the craziness there's some some good amongst the bad and happy to hear that you got into some great new accounts Thank you. Yeah, you'll see it a lot in a lot more places in 2021. I'm just, yeah, really grateful. We still got a lot of momentum. So the little bucks are moving forward. Buckwheat takeover. (laughs) And now everyone knows they need healthy food. So that's where we come in. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. So what is the most rewarding part about running your own business and running this business? And what's your favorite part? What makes you the happiest? about owning and operating Little Bucks? I think the most rewarding part is just the innocent like satisfaction of, like I remember being in Australia, coming up with the idea and looking at grocery shelves and being like, okay, like I don't have no idea how to get a product on the shelves, but like I said, someone else did it and why can't I do it? Um, to even go from like, sometimes you kind of have to pinch yourselves like, I'm just going to Whole Foods to do a really quick grocery run and like rushing through the store. And I'm like, stop. I'm like, that's my product on the shelves that like I was making in a shared kitchen like just over a year ago. And like, even though there's so much involved in the business and growing, we have like a long road to get it to where I want it to be. Like just stopping to be like, oh my gosh, we are on the shelves at some of my favorite retailers and people I don't know buy them regularly that is too cool and even just people writing to us we get a lot of just because we are we are the first 
brand doing this. So we're literally bringing this food into people's lives um, for the first time, just like I had this experience in Australia, being so excited, discovering sprouted buckwheat. I'm like, oh my gosh, I've introduced a lot of other people are having that same aha, like exciting moment of, oh my gosh, this is an awesome, tasty, versatile, crunchy super seed. And it has all these health benefits I want. And it actually tastes amazing. You can add the crunch to anything. And they're just as obsessed as me. So it's really exciting that, you know, because I was like, surely other people will be excited about this because I am and they are. So that's great. That's definitely the most rewarding is the customers and people like actually buy it. (laughs) You know, once you get it off the ground, that's pretty cool. And then my favorite thing to do is definitely the just and and I do all, all like the product formulations and testing and packaging design. It's truly like I call it my mixed media art because I think I am a creative person. So I'm like calling my packaged food products like my mixed media art and bringing all of that together, like the sourcing. Like I like love our like turmeric sourcing our cinnamon sourcing like every ingredient's really special bringing it all together in the flavor and the outcome of the product itself and then doing the packaging design and communicating about it is definitely the best part to me emily it's been so fun speaking with you and talking about little bucks and hearing about your journey as a cpg entrepreneur so mm-hmm. At the end, I always ask what your favorite song is right now and where people can find you if you want to share your handles. And then we also have a special discount code for everyone listening, which I'll share at the end. I would say my favorite song right now, I always go through phases of just listening to the same thing over and over again. And it's a new like live recording of Rewind by Sylvanesso. I love their vibes and it's like really fun dance music i'm always vibing to that listening to it at least once a day these days so (laughs) that's my favorite song right now and then you can find us at lovelilbucks.com l-o-v-e-l-i-l-b-u-c-k-s.com and then also that's our handle so instagram's definitely you know food very visual love to show the ways it's used and share how other people use it. So that's at love little bucks and our Pinterest as well. That's where we post and share like our fun recipes, like the crunchy fudge. And like we do stuff like even vegan chorizo tacos made from sprouted buckwheat seeds, like crazy stuff like that. So we share a lot of recipes there too. Amazing. I'm going to check it out. And if anyone listening is interested in trying these awesome products, you can go on the Love Little Box website and Emily so graciously offered us a discount code of 20% off the first order and it's from the ground up pod. So same thing as the Instagram handle. And yeah, I hope everyone enjoys. Yay, thank you so much. Thanks.